Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Unranked Podcast. This is episode 171, and we have our E3 live show. I am, of course, Christian Humes, here with co-host Alex Marinello. Yup. And Tom Caswell. This week's Pokemon is Lantern. It looks like an anglefish. That's all we need to know. We can definitely get back to that Lantern later. So we have two very special guests with us from the Coin Boys podcast. We have Andrew, who is a producer, by the way. I am a producer, by the way. And we have Daniel. <laughs> Hi, everybody. I'm not a producer, by the way. I just listen to the producer. Nice. Uh, I'm very excited to have you guys here. I actually just met Andrew the other day on the Jeff Keighley show. Yeah. We got to kick ass, take names, and produce a bunch of stuff about video games. So... Absolutely. Before we get talking, we have our guests here. We're going to have more rotating in. Tell us, what what is the one thing you want to talk about, favorite or otherwise, from this year's E3, Andrew? I will say my favorite was the hands-on demo experience of Dying Light 2. I got to go to the booth, yes. get to check out this game. And I am super impressed with, first of all, the progression of the game that they've added to it, the narrative. They've added a, more of a narrative to the game, more of a sandbox to the game. So I'm really actually... If I had to pick one game right now, I think Dying Light 2 is one I'm excited about. For me personally, uh, I haven't bought a game since Kingdom Hearts 1. So, well, that's a while. Yeah, it's been a little while. I, had a, where I went into film school. You're the school. crypto guy then I for am, your podcast. Crypto, yeah. What's like, your favorite crypto? <laughs> <laughs> uh, all of them. No, just Bitcoin. Anyways, so the thing is, uh, but I, it's been interesting because I left for film school. And I came back, and I should have stayed because movies. That's, that's all of us here. Like yeah, that's all of us. Yeah, games are like games are like films now. That's beautiful. Yeah. And uh, the storytelling. So when I was in Dying Light, I was just like amazed at how everything's going on. Um, and I was able to see you're able to try VR games and all this stuff. So it's like an, you're it's a whole new way of storytelling, which means I need to refocus where I want to where I want to kind of put myself because every every filmmaker's dream is to put your audience in the thing, and video games have been doing that yeah. for a while now. So felt that we got God of War. I felt like I was actually there. Yeah, I still haven't played it. Looks great, though. It does love it. I do want to say though, uh, from a from being a part of this event many years, the I believe it's the West Hall which we're in right now mm. used to be packed. Now yes. that Sony is not here, it doesn't have the same vibe as say the South Hall does, and right? Microsoft. It's like both. It's of them. just like both. Yeah. But, but when Microsoft was gone, okay, fine, they're gone. Sony's still here. Now Sony's gone. So what's going to happen when Nintendo decides to leave? I don't think that's going to happen soon just because they don't have, um, like, you know, their North American presence is, like, where their marketing is. So I think this is still very vital to them. They, they don't partner with, like, packs like these other companies do. Right. So they don't have as big of a footprint. But if you remember last year, they did have the Mixer station here. So Microsoft was still here. That's true. They just didn't. They, they had also a big had their separate station. thing. Yeah. yeah. So, like, they're completely absent, which is, that's also why it feels way more vacant. This yeah, year. but I will say this, the other hall is a lot more impressive visually and packed as opposed to the one we're in now well that's the that's the feel that e3 gives you at the south that's how it's always kind of been you know but i don't know so i mean i love i love the games this year i feel like we're in an in-between year Mm. in-between year meaning there's no like new hardware really we're kind of like just relying on some new releases of updated games so i don't know but daniel as a new as a gamer in your first time what would you say i'm basing this off of other other um Events other oh I'm forgetting the word where, where are we <laughs> no no I know we're at E3 but like a convention Los Angeles other conventions Sorry. Earth oh, it's Earth. an expo there we go expo <laughs> there we go so I'm basing off other things that I've been there were in other places there's a lot of smaller booths for you to go up there talk to people and kind of get to know the community a little bit better this is very much a you got to pick your battle as to where which which thing you want to see which one you want to spend your time in 
which I think is a bit is a bit difficult as a newcomer trying to come in and trying to you know see what this whole space is about. Like I, I see a nice cyberpunk wall on the outside, but that's all I see is the wall on the outside and all that stuff. So the the, the problem the problem is is like this for the longest time was simply for media and press and the industry, and then they kind of shoehorned in the convention without actually properly adapting it for the average Joe gamer who's just coming here to see games. And um, unless this, this this E3 needs to make a decision. It needs to either go back to being about the press and it being a press event, or it needs to dive headfirst into being about the gamer and dramatically change how it's handled. Because right now, yeah, this quasi-thing is not working out for either side. Yeah, because as, as media, I'm trying to get other 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 games, trying to talk to other people, and it's just really difficult to do so, just because it's so convoluted. But but it's visually, it's great, and it brings back a lot of nostalgia from when I was a child, and, and it just makes me want... I do want to play more games now after, after being here, but I just feel it's really interesting as to how I'm able to interact. It's kind of a little bit standoffish of it in my opinion i will i do want to say this though they have fast passes this year and there are more stations notably at quite a few of these places but once i see them so if you go over to modus where like destroy all humans is Mm -hmm. they have so many stations they have at least a dozen stations for every game which is way more than just about everyone else and then you see everyone else and it looks paltry in comparison. So you see, like, some people have adapted. Yeah. And then the ones that haven't, it looks even worse yeah. next to them. I think the, the this year has been a much lower turnout. Definitely. Plus, some places have adapted in that way. So it is better than compared to the first year they had the Game of Pass, where it was like people weren't seeing anything. Yeah. Um, but again, like, the, the whole convention, is the whole expo as a whole needs to, I really to think that- take that step. You know, there was always that feeling of excitement when you got into E3 because it was an exclusive industry event. There weren't the gamer passes. Also, you know who the gamers are with the orange passes. Mm-hmm. It's like seg- segregation in here. <laughs> you know? It's like, oh, yeah, those are the gamer passes. Yeah. Don't you know, oh, you know those, those guys. They are important. Yeah. But um, it's becoming to me, I think they're, the future really is this is the Comic-Con of gaming. That's It's going to be consumer-based. Yeah. I don't I think so. it's going to go reverse. I, I hope think it's so. going that way. I agree because I think that we've seen with Nintendo, even though they have a presence here, they do the direct. There is no conference. Sony isn't here at all, and they're doing their new state of plays. And I think that those nice video packages where it's game, game, game. We don't have an awkward moment on stage where someone's fucked up. The demo's not working. It's a polished video package. But Keanu Reeves, though. Dude, yeah, I, think all, I was at what a the, week for him. I huh? was at the Xbox conference when that happened, and that truly was like the, the room. You're not going to have that kind of experience, but you know, only a few thousand people got to experience that. So it's uh, not on TV. Yeah, but how they uh, okay? Um, I do want to. I do want to be <laughs> selfish for a moment, but I but okay. first I'm going to um, just touch on something you said yeah. about the gamer pass and like the division of people. Sure, we were we're actually going to have a guest come on from this VR title over here, Indicate soon. One of the devs is going to come on. But we're we're in line, we're with media, and he's like, oh, I'm so glad you're here. And then some gamers show up, and he's like, you know, I love when media's here, but I'm glad that we have some real gamers. And Alex and I are just like, all right, what are we? <laughs> yeah, well, Alex isn't a real gamer. Well, uh, Jimmy, like, look at me. I'm media, but I'm not, I'm right. not a gamer. So yeah. I've, I'm, and I feel that there's uh, when it comes down to media and it comes down to the professionals, there's a lot of people like me. And I yes. feel bad because how are you supposed to get feedback? How are you supposed to really, really yeah. feel it? So I wish that there was more gamers. I wish it because I thought it was more like Comic-Con. Yeah, when it coming in here, and then was something else. I like the indicate over here that we have because you're able to play so many games, great. Yeah. And experience so many new things that are not. I don't know your conventional like Luigi's Mansion or Zelink. Yeah. It's something that people have thought of that it's new or innovative or 
different. It's awesome. It's good. Um, and I just want to say, because since I have you here and I didn't ever talk about it, yeah. we I got to work on the Jeff Keighley show. I know you guys have heard me talk about it nonstop. I'm very excited about that. it. But I haven't had a chance to actually talk yeah, about it. I on was the on podcast. it. I didn't. I didn't hear about it from this guy at all. Uh, the entire time. Whatever. Look. Whatever. Hey, like, he didn't tell you. No. No. I just, wow. You, you know what? Surprise to me. Yeah. It was a surprise. After after a decade of trying to make it to that point, I'm very excited in the moment. I apologize. No. Dude, I'm gonna shut oh, up. Don't apologize, it. dude. It's great. Um, dope. Man, wasn't that so awesome? That was really awesome. It's it's a stress filled show oh my because God. it's a ten hour live stream. That means our guests have to show up on time, which there were some moments, but. It's so much fun, and we hit a you hit a roll yeah. in the middle of the show. Yeah. Like in the beginning, oh, yeah. it's a little rough when you we catch our drift, and it's it's a hell of a rush. And we just get to talk to the top devs and publishers in the industry yeah. in one day. Wasn't yeah. it weird though? Like we knew so many things before they were announced, which you would think yes. is cool. But then come day of, everyone's finding out about it and is excited. And I've really? already sort of had that, but I never got to talk to anyone about it either. So like. Yeah. As Tom started finding stuff out, I was texting Tom. I was like, finally, I can talk to you about this. I'm so fucking excited about this. Yeah. You know, that kind of what didn't end up getting revealed. They changed their plans. So, yeah, I still know something that wasn't true. <laughs> yeah. It's essentially That's like right. having he a baby and telling it. nobody that you it. had a baby. You're just quiet about the baby. Yeah. You just put it in the back room until you can tell your grandma and your mom yeah. that you had a baby. Yeah. Um, so, you boys are headed to. I'm actually doing a hands-on on the Doom Eternal Great. Uh, nice. in like 15 minutes. I played it Great. briefly at uh, my, uh, Microsoft's thing the other Did day. Did you like it? Uh, I, I, the thing was is it was very arena-based, so we didn't kind of see the demo itself. So we didn't really see kind of like an expansion of like how you're moving from level to level. But I thought the design of the, that arena was really cool. cool. Uh, and uh, the improvements they made to kind of movement were really great. Um, I think it's going to be a really great game. Awesome. And and just to connect this, I'll tell you a quick story. Is um, I didn't have an appointment set up. I went to the media booth. I happened to produce Pete Hines on the show. Dope. So I go up to the booth. I'm like, hey, Pete Hines said, you know, it's not my you know. But then they're like, they're like, once I said Pete Hines, they like disappeared, and they, I gave him my business card, and then all of a sudden Pete Hines comes outside. Yeah, he's a cool dude, and he recognizes yeah, me. I'm like, he's super I wasn't chill. expecting them to bring Pete Hines yeah. to me, and he couldn't like, pro- he felt a little pressure. I could tell. He's like, but just talk to the girls over there, and immediately he points that way. And then when he went back in, I went uh, back over, and they're like, oh, uh, Thursday is open at ten. Yeah, because originally the answer was no, no. we have nothing. Yep. <laughs> oh, that, and then and then oh hey yep. something just opened up. Yep. That's how I yep. got into Ghost Recon. That's right. how I got it. Yeah. Like it was it was kind of amazing. But I think Jeff was cool. He's like, listen, you made the context. He's so cool. He's like, make sure you make use of it. And yeah, I think he did that, tell us that. I like, think that. Yeah, yeah. I think sure, that. Why not? Yeah, but because a lot yeah, of times when you work with any, if you work with any kind of talent, typically like you you're not. It's sort of a faux pas. But in this, they're like. This is how we like. This is only helpful for them if yeah. you are just giving them a bigger platform. Sure, so yeah, but if it's he sort gives of you the green light. Yes, well, that's why we, I took the green light. Took the green light. Took the gas. Went driving. Oh, I have one like because yeah. I know you got to run. But yeah, yeah, no you were on the doctor disrespect stream the day that he got <laughs> shut you down. You saw me? Did you see it? So, so what, what was you that? Were pissing in the bathroom when that no. happened? No, 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 no. He right wasn't, before. Was me. Right before. <laughs> Did you actually like see me on? No, you sent me the picture. You sent me the photo. So you know, I know who Doctor Disrespect is. We were doing live like walk arounds reactions for the first day and i you know he's six foot like eight whatever he might be there he was literally i just pulled myself back i said yo what's up doctor he literally like landed at the right time i gave him a high five and whatever told him what our podcast was he's like hey guys you know the coin boys coin boys he's talking to his stream and then he's like i got a technology uh i, I this is great you know the phone like you could put your finger behind the phone and like scroll that's that's the future and then he's like all right i gotta go 
And then, then he got banned, uh, or, or the got stream got banned. It's amazing. That sounds dumb as shit. It's amazing. Scrolling I love behind it. the phone thing. Like, he's like, you go like this. So like, stupid. He actually, it actually made, made a little like, bit of sense, because like, yeah, yeah. he was trying to scroll like with his thumb, and he wasn't, wasn't yeah. working, so he's like, Max, Max Crawler. Uh, where can we find you guys? Uh, you can check us out on our website. It's thecoinboys.com, and then on Twitter and Instagram, the Coinboys Podcast. And your handles? Uh, producer, by the way, BTW. Producer, BTW. <laughs> At DGutierrez84. Yes. All right. Thank you Thanks guys. Thanks for having us. Absolutely. Seriously. I told awesome. you I was going to have you on. It was great to work with you too. Again. And we'll hey, do it. nice to meet you guys. Nice to meet you as well. I love this. Jeff Keely, give me the green light. Yes. I, get, I come on, I'm, so I'm unranked when I'm on the show. Is that right? Yes. Is that how it works? You cannot be ranked okay. on the Got show. It. Yeah, you cannot. Well, guys, have a great well, rest of the show. Moment the show's over, though. Shit, right. <laughs> have a great last day, guys. Thank, thank you so much. Awesome. Thanks. That was awesome, guys. That was good. Thank you. All right. So we're going to keep going here. We've got more people coming in. Um, we're, we're still recording the show. This is see. This is this is why it's the unranked podcast. We, we're only ever going to get so far. Oh yes, absolutely. So, so we've got quite a few people set up, ready to come in once they're available. We've got um, a very cool homemade AR escape room. You guys played it's, that yesterday. Yeah. So oh yeah. That's, that's probably coming in next. We've got. Uh, speaking simulator coming in oh my we've got God. that vr title so coming in at the end of the day we've got sega stopping by love it so we have quite a few guests here um in the meantime while we wait why don't you boys talk a little bit about whatever experience you want to discuss i don't know if you want to bring up the actual i don't know if you have a complaint so far if you want to bring up a uh, we're, we're throwing everything out of order throwing caution to the wind I i'm gonna run out and just grab another people. person yeah sure yep. okay great see ya bye i'll be right back <laughs> Uh, yeah, so if you're listening to this on the stream, I heavily uh, say go watch the video because we'll actually have a... Oh, the, yes. Oh, never I mind. Love, no, never I love mind. this guy. Uh, check out the video. What, the link in the description. Hey. <laughs> How you doing? Nice Jesse. You. Welcome back. Come, take a, come take a seat. Uh, I'm just gonna slide around. Oh, yeah, yeah, sure thing. No problem. Here, I'm going to give you this mic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, uh, so Jesse, Hi. what is the name of your game? You're here with Indicade, which is... I think it's my favorite it's, part of it's E3. It's always it's my favorite, favorite part last year, and it's my favorite part this year. It there's new is. stuff that I would not have seen otherwise. And it's just, I feel like it's very innovative uh -huh. and new. And I really liked your game, so if we could just... Yeah. yeah. All right, so uh, our game is called AR Box. It is an augmented reality escape room in a box. So uh, the box shows up at your door. It has some posters, some props, some things to set up in your house. You download the app. And it turns your home into uh, a life-size adventure game. It was, and we played it yesterday. And so you're on your phone, and you're able to use your phone to look at different items around the room, and they change based on what you're looking at and where you are in the story, right? Right. And it's, I mean, it's really. It I was mean, very cool. Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to give anything away. Well, no, we're not going to give out any any answers. You can talk about it. You can talk about it because oh, okay. it changes. This is the fifth story. We built this one specifically. Oh, okay. oh yeah. All right, cool. then let's talk. About yeah, we yeah, built yeah. we built it specifically for E3. So this uh, is the game is. Just for the E3 floor. Oh, okay, cool. I want to just jump first and just say yeah. my favorite thing is the, the 3D printed sort of jewel that it has. Because that, like, little touch of having that physical thing with the AR, yeah. I think is, like, that's what sold it for me. The second yeah. it lit up, there's this, like, crystal. And we're, the whole story is about magic. You'd put it on different objects. I'm assuming it's, like, you have, like, NFC, like, stickers. Yeah, there's stickers. There's lots of little tech embedded in everything. So all the objects that seem normal have, like, a little, like, trick hidden inside of them. And then yeah. the, the gem's whole point is to 
bring yeah bring the physical into the experience like we keep saying that augmented reality shouldn't just be like what you see like through this tiny little screen it should augment like your entire reality like you should be like, your room should come alive so and, it, and it did it was pretty cool it so was when, very cool when I, you're given like a clue on the phone and then we you, you point your phone at a picture on the wall and the picture changes and it's not what it really looks like if the phone shows you what it looks like and it's giving you a kind of list of things to do. Yeah, the checklist was very yeah, cool. It was really cool. And then you're giving clues. I mean, I don't know. You have like a tarot card, uh-huh. mm-hmm, right? And you're putting the tarot cards down and you have to use your phone to get clues from there to rearrange them in a certain way to get the solution to the puzzle, right? Right. And it was, it was, I mean, it was, I really liked it. It was I would, so cool. It kept like giving me new <laughs> puzzles to do. I would keep downloading new you know new right versions and so every time we make like a prop or a physical toy like the idea is always that it's reusable so like box one shows up like hang on to all that stuff because we might push an update to the app or like if there's a second box it'll reuse changing it like you Mm -hmm. keep changing what the phone sees versus what the physical object actually looks like yes right that's pretty cool uh here's a question why like what was the impetus to do this why choose like ar because i personally think ar is going to be huge and we're finally really just getting there. So what was the thing that you were like, we're going to make an AR escape room game? So this came out of a jam that Google and Indicate hosted oh. last year. Uh, and they, they just gave us the challenge. It was blind when we showed up. And they just said, do something with AR that's about playing together. Okay. And so okay. we all thought that everybody else started immediately making like an app or something. And we just happened, because of who we are, we have a lot of stuff in our cars because we make like immersive <laughs> spaces and we make toys and all these sorts of things. So we we had like a bunch of like IoT tech and Marty has like enough like arts and crafts supplies to like build a preschool. So uh, we started building this like room in 36 hours and it was sort of a test, but we had so much fun and we put everybody at the jam through the room and they all had a good time. So we kept going with it. So do you think this would be like a subscription thing? That or, is the that is what we built the version that's at E three sort of angle towards is sort of a subscription model. We've been getting a really good response while we're here, so yeah. like we are keeping our options a little bit open right now. Like I think box or it, maybe it's a high end board game. Sure. Yeah. Is there is there a way? So I mean, obviously, like you said, it's not necessarily available yet. Is there a way? Do you guys are you planning a Kickstarter or do you have like a Patreon? Is there a way for people to support you? Or let them know that you're interested. Right, yes. So, um, if you go to thearbox.com, uh-huh. uh, there's a sign-up there to sort of be kept abreast of like when the Kickstarter launches or any news about the, the product or things like that. Or, especially if you're local, if you're in Southern California, like the box is portable and we've been taking yeah. it around oh, a little okay. bit. So, like we've been doing beta tests that way. Cool. I, I think my favorite thing about it is that it's you don't actually need a ton of the physical stuff. It's like you really only need a handful of things. Like the tarot cards were so cool because yeah. this idea of like tarot cards, which you know, it's but like you never really do anything. But now, use. right? Yeah, that's what I mean. It's like you could keep you keep doing different things with it. Almost like almost like if you had like a Ouija board with AR, and then suddenly it's like actually doing it. In front. Yeah, yeah. Like there's mm-hmm. so many cool things with this magic right. idea that you came up with. So I'll tell you that like the ca- the cards are a great example because the cards like you use them in this experience the phone can see them and pops up little clues and like was looking for the order but they also have NFC on them so so it's, oh, okay. so in a previous in the version that we brought to GDC you were laying the cards on the gem and the gem was recognizing them to cast spells uh, oh okay that's awesome now uh, have have you had a difficulty with like the balance of how much is 
the software and the AR and then also how many physical items has like drastically changed? How are you feeling about it? All that jazz. Yes, it has. I think we're getting closer to something that could actually be brought to market. Like, you know, the amount of like we want to make we keep the cost at a point where people want to actually yeah. play with it. Yeah. So there are less toys than some of the previous versions. Like we've gotten it down to sort of the bare minimum. But at the same time, also, we're trying to keep it like especially with the tech in a way where it's going to work in everybody's home. So there are some fancier, cooler AR tricks that we've done in previous versions that we sort of dialed back. We knew E3 was going to be nuts. Yeah. But on the other hand, it's also like very solid. I feel like this could go in almost anybody's home right now and we wouldn't have any like major technical problems. Do you think there's like a maximum number of people that can play? Because we were playing together and mm-hmm. our phones were synced and knew yeah, when I solved the clue, his phone yeah, didn't even think about that. Clue, so I could do it with like my wife or my, you know what I mean? Like you could do it with multiple people in the room because right. they're like a... I don't know. Is there like too many people that are? I think it's. I think it's a number of people who fit in the space has really been the big sort of issue for the most part. Like the one that's at E3 is actually capable of supporting four people at a time. Uh, We've had four phones running. It's more about like bodies and making sure that everybody's like not obscuring something that somebody else needs to see. That's really been the bigger issue than the tech side. I did think that was cool though that our phones were synced. Yeah, I solved the clue and he didn't realize it, but he. You know, we told him I did. I didn't even consider this fact because it was so seamless. It worked yeah, so it well. I didn't consider it. That's amazing. And now that just makes me like, I really <laughs> want this to work out for you guys because now I'm like, oh, you could do like sticker packs, like a murder mystery dinner yeah, game, like yeah. where like everyone puts a sticker on and then like they have their persona. Like there's so many things you could do with that. This is why I love Indiecade. Yeah, I would never great. have seen something like this. Yeah, we uh, love Indiecade. I'll tell you that uh, uh, Marcy has been developing a spy game. That is sort of like similar to this. We haven't done a lot of the tech side, but we've been doing like uh, rehearsals with birthday parties and things oh, where cool. it's a 60s spy game where everybody has secret allegiances and I like, like that that's amazing. I mean, it sounds awesome. I mean, it's just future of fun. Yeah. Future mm-hmm. of fun <laughs> in my own house. <laughs> I don't have to go to an escape the room. I could do it here. Well, I mean, it's 2019. Everybody has space is the worst thing it's like the biggest luxury right now yeah. like I, I i i barely own a house and I, it is a constant struggle to decide whether or not like we should be keeping it uh but we don't have a lot of room like my parents had like a dedicated game room and like screw that i'm never gonna have that yeah so yeah that's, that's what we're always wanna, talking about so, baby. <laughs> so you want to be able to you want to be able to temporarily turn a room that you've got into a room that'll yeah. do something fun and then be able to put it away ar man yeah well, awesome. Is there anything else you want to tell people or where they could find you? Uh, yeah, so um, I'm on Twitter at uh, Jesse R. Vigil, J-E-S-S-E-R Vigil, V-I-G-I-L. And uh, I talk about the game a lot on there and a couple of the other games that we're making, too. Awesome. That's great. Thank you so much for coming Cheers, on. Guys. Thanks, Absolutely. Thanks for playing. It was a lot of fun. Oh, Thank you. Fun. Yeah, I'm glad you guys had fun. We're going to keep going. Oh, we are keep going. Thank you. But is there an issue, Tom? Let's just keep, let's just, let's just narrate, Tom. You want to just narrate? Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, it doesn't lock. Don't worry. Um, I just have to delete some stuff off this card. Because it's going to run out of space. Great. So we're just going to keep chatting over here. Alex. Yes, Christian. Talk to me. What do you want? What hasn't worked out here? What I mean, hasn't worked out at E3? We, we can't really talk about it, but I, I ran into some issues. I missed some stuff. But what a... <laughs> oh, your thing? Oh, yeah. I mean, we, we can't, can't talk, talk about, about that. But, so, uh, um, what no, else? You know, we tried to get into Avengers... A bunch of times. You oh, haven't yes. seen it yet, but you're, you're on the list. I don't know if I want to go. So we, we went to go see the new Avengers game. Uh, we waited, I guess. We missed our first day's appointment. We tried to get more appointments later that day. I started getting kind of excited, um, but then we went to go watch it, and it just wasn't doing it for me. It just didn't seem... I wasn't blown away. I didn't think there was anything new or cool or, yeah. or anything that made me 
anything that made me feel yeah. like Iron Man or Thor or no, I'm just kidding. But um, it just I, I, I told Tom this. It seemed like it was a Lego right Avengers game because that's like the moves. Like you were doing a lot of quick time events. Well, that's quick time, right? Yeah. We hit like trying square to punch something yeah. like that while you're in a. It just I don't know. You'll see if you want to go. See, I'll see. Uh, here's a here's something I noticed for this yes, year. Sir. Yes. So I feel like this year a little bit more disorganized than last year. Uh, us or even just us? I just feel like we we had like a tighter schedule last year. But you were exhausted last year. Even by day two, you had to take like breaks in the media I room. Did, I did. You haven't been in there like no, you, you went in there for like five minutes. That's room. it. Yeah. I don't know. What and it we're is. at the final day, we're and you you day. seem. I seem. Well, I'll tell you right now. I'll tell you. What, I'll tell you a big difference. Last year I wore flip flops every day. Which oh was a big mistake. yeah. Now today I'm wearing uh, my running shoes. Yeah, you got to be good on those feet. So yes, and I've worn better socks. Yeah, um, I'm we also were... not. I think I wore jeans every day too last year, and now I'm wearing shorts, which is also cooling me down. So I'm not as hot. I'm also in better shape, which might be a factor. Well, I am in better shape than I yeah, was last yeah. year. But um, I don't know. Stamina is up. I think um, I think the feet is a big thing because Patrick Ellers was originally going to be here if he was if he was available. I wasn't. I didn't realize he wasn't going to be here on Thursday. So what happened? But, uh, well, he has a bunch of work to do, but he was oh. also said that, like, his feet are killing him. Oh, like, yeah. a lot of people are talking about their feet, yeah. up on their feet all day, walking around. It's a tough yeah. it's a tough job. It is um, a tough job. You know? Oh, thanks for that, Tom. Thanks, Tom. So, Tom, uh, why don't you find something to discuss? I'm just going to go check back in with some more indies. I'm going to bring someone back on the show with me. Sounds great. Thanks, Chris. Um, <clears throat> let's talk about Avengers. Um, yeah, you know, because I, I said, I was telling Chris, but he can't. Where are you going? All right, so we're not going to talk about Avengers. All right, so, my opinions on Avengers. Go find the Day 2 podcast. Yeah, go t- go find the Day 2 podcast. <laughs> so, um, Thomas. Yes, I, I want to talk about uh, what I saw at Microsoft because we didn't actually record that. Um, so, Project X Cloud actually got hands-on with the future of uh, streaming. Did you? Well. How was it? So, it worked very well, but... We were in a very controlled environment. Mm. Um, the phone was a Samsung Galaxy S10 Plus, and they had an Ethernet adapter plugged into the USB. So this was a, a phone that was hi- hardwired into the internet. Obviously, the Wi-Fi at a giant stadium with like a thousand people in it, not going to be ideal. They did say that for streaming, it's going to be comparative to um, the kind of resolutions for video. So if you can stream 4K video at home, you're going to be able to stream 4K games at home, apparently. But I played Halo, uh, and it played great. I mean, it really did work. Um, and, the, you know, the mystique is a little bit ruined because, again, you're plugged in. You know, if, if they said, take this phone, go outside, give it a shot there, then I think I would have been left a lot more impressed. But, but you see, this, to, this appeals to me so much because of the way my life style has changed. Yeah. The way that I don't really have control over a television anymore the way I used to. Mm-hmm. And now I'm just, like, you know, relegated to just my phone. So you're like, saying that uh, that you're definitely interested in yep. some, a service yep. such as this kind. Yeah, but you would not think based on my previous <laughs> No, not based on your previous thoughts. Yeah. Uh, we have another guest. Hi. Here you go. Take this one. So, welcome to the Unranked Podcast. We have Audrey. Tell us what game you here are with. What, what game you're here with at E3. Sorry, this is coming in hot. We are. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, so, I'm the co-director of Ascend. Um, we're showcasing at the IndieCade Showcase. Um, and Ascend is a first-person VR arena shooter. Um, 
the really main aspect of the game is our unique flight locomotion system. Our team actually created our own locomotion system, and it kind of works how it sounds. You just lean your body in the direction you want to fly. It's super fast. You can go up to 30 miles per hour, and it allows you to do what we call decoupled uh, movement in combat, which means um, your headset's not connected to your, your hands. So you can, like, look in one direction, shoot in a second, and fly in a third. Oh, okay. <laughs> which I think is, like, sort of the dream with, like, handheld. Because yeah. that was, I think, I remember when the Wii first came out, I was thinking, like, oh, it'll be great because I could move, but then I can aim separately. I will say, immediately, when the whole leaning concept, my yeah, legs yeah. were shaking. My <laughs> mind no. was like, I think I'm flying, but my legs were like, we're not, but you're leaning forward, and this is totally messing everything up. But once, like, you get the hang of it that you're telling your brain, okay, get I'm your sea legs. <laughs> yeah, I get my sea leg, I get my flying legs out. It was... It was a ton of fun, and I kicked your ass. Yes, you did, uh, which I want to bring up. So, and I know you you had a little bit of trouble with it when you got to play. Um, but, I mean, that's just the nature of Indicade, right? Uh-huh. It's amazing. It's the best thing about it is you guys are bringing in these games that are not out yet. Mm-hmm. We're getting to go hands-on. I didn't realize. I feel like the swords, way harder to use than the guns if you have oh, not yeah. played this game. Definitely, definitely. I, and I mentioned Alex. I was like, I'm going to crush you in a sword fight. Yeah. Assuming he was guns. also going to pick swords and he just picks guns. So I can't get near him. So I'm still like just trying to figure out how to move. Cause it, For sure. it was like by the end of the match, I was able to like get up to him and like move around. But it was, uh, it was interesting how there's almost like a difficulty with like melee versus distance yep. for that. Yep. What was your, what was like the inspiration for the game? Like what made you think to do like a leaning, to move kind of thing. Yeah, um, so actually, uh, the other co-director of the game, Mark Ampolsky, he was the one that developed the original flight prototype, um, and he loved VR. Um, so he got his own headset, um, but the one thing he really hated about VR was uh, like thumbstick locomotion, teleportation. He felt that yeah, it wasn't yeah. super intuitive. He felt like it caused motion sickness, and he, he felt like it really just went against everything that VR like stands for. So he wanted to make something that he really felt like you're literally doing what, or you're literally doing in real life what you're doing in VR. So that's how he came up with the idea of like flying. So he's like, because right now it's really hard to kind of get people to feel like, oh, I'm walking in real life. Um, but if you're flying, you don't really think about your legs. You just kind of think about your upper right. body. And like if you have a jetpack on your back, especially, you're right. just thinking, like, oh, I have a jetpack and flying yeah. around. Um, so that was kind of inspiration for the whole flight system. Um, and we decided to take it and turn it into an arena shooter because we thought, Oh, what would, you know what would be cool? If you can fly around super fast and fight your friends. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm into, I loved it. I thought it was great. Once my legs stopped shaking, after my brain was getting <laughs> yeah. used to it. Uh, but no, I thought the leaning was really intuitive. Like, I leaned to move, and that made sense. And I, talking about, like, motion sickness, like, I've mm-hmm. played a VR game where I'm just sitting and driving. Yep. But I'm not moving. So it, my, it gets all messed up, and I get nauseous when I'm doing that. Yeah, yeah. So for this, it was more, I'm moving. My body's moving, and I'm moving. Yeah. yeah, makes sense. I, I mean, I got to be honest with you. I get very motion sick on like roller coasters and stuff. But when VR is done right, I don't feel it at all. And yesterday I was I was worried because I was very hungover from an after party the <laughs> night before. And I was getting like motion sick from watching you play a driving game when yeah. we first got in that day. So I was like, this could be a mistake. I was fine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like for a second, I was like, oh, no. But then the rest of the time it was like perfect. Yeah. So yeah. that's kind of incredible. The issue I found with VR games is when you're body your digital body is moving but like walking and that so flying i think actually really helps with the motion sickness exactly. because you're weightless and so you're standing there there is no it's a little bit discombobulating but it's not disorientating to the fact where you're like wait my body is kind of plodding forward um now this demo is running on the original oculus rift yep 
we've got some new tech. We've got the Rift S. We have the Quest as well, which is a... You don't need a computer to plug in. Mm-hmm. Are you guys looking to bring the game over to those systems as well? Like, what's yeah. the kind of yep. state with that? Um, so right now, the game is cross-platform between the Vive, the Oculus Rift, and the Windows MR headsets. Um, oh, wow. The reason for that is basically... Um, uh, we made our game through the Capstone project, or as a Capstone class through USC Games, and those are the headsets they happen to have. Um, we actually were really hoping to get the Oculus or to port it to the Oculus Quest. We thought it'd be really cool. Like right now, like when you're spinning around so fast, you don't think about cables, and suddenly like the cable wraps around your foot, and then you're like, "Whoa, I'm tripping now." That's not supposed to happen when I'm flying. <laughs> um, but uh, unfortunately, we weren't able to get our hands on a dev kit for the Oculus Quest. It's definitely something we're interested in and would love to explore, but. We didn't have the time to do it while sure. we were making it through it. I'm, I'm sure. with you on that because yesterday when I was playing it, I did want to turn around. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, wait, I feel the cable around yep, my leg and exactly. I feel like I'm going to fall. And I didn't want to look like an idiot. I didn't want to look like an idiot. That's what I thought. I was like, I I'm going to fall thing. though. But yeah, that's There's, pretty cool. You know, you brought up something earlier. I just want to ask, which I've never considered. You said you go 30 miles an hour. So when you build this, are you actually looking at like what the size of a person is? And like, so you know how much distance they're actually traveling and speed. Like, that's something you have to consider when you make VR. Yeah, um, so I was, I didn't work so much in the technical side. So we had some really, really smart engineers working on the project, and a lot of black magic, or math black magic, <laughs> was done to, like, really make the flight system as, uh, the, the, way, the reason why it's so intuitive is because there's a ton of math that was put into it. Like, just considering things like, oh, dead zones, like, what if you're flying this when you do, like, a weird thing like this? Like, some players do some really funky things when they're trying to fly, but... Um, it was just a lot of math that went into it to make sure that, like, oh, let's pretend you actually have a jetpack on your back and, like, let's simulate that in VR. That's cool. That's awesome. Um, when is it out? Yeah. Yep. Um, so we're actually <laughs> releasing our game for free on Steam um, at Sweet. the end of this summer. Yep. So it'll be cross-platform. The four players? Yep. Up to four player, oh, wow. free for all. Um, and just, I mean, you brought it up, but, like, burying the lead a little. Students making this game? Which yep. is, like, a lot of Indiecade <laughs> and really is actually cool. really awesome. Yeah. Very cool. Thank um, you. Thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, for sure. Thanks so much for inviting me. Absolutely. Have a good rest of the show. Oh, sorry. I was trying to grab the mic. (laughs) Don't worry. It will only look awkward on camera, which no one's going to watch. People only listen to us. We'll we'll throw all the awkward stuff. We'll just throw B-roll over the top. Yeah, that'd be great. (laughs) Cool. Loved your game, too. We've got uh, Speaking Simulator coming in next. Oh, fantastic. Which is one of the weirdest things I have played. You can talk. I sucked. Yeah, but you had an experience with it. For yeah, sure. but I was so bad. It was just like <laughs> you don't like to be playing anything you're really bad at. Oh, because it's just so frustrating. <laughs> because I'm like doing because you know okay, it's just so much going. It's just you. It, I mean, a game like that I think is something that um, it frustrates me even now. You get better at, and it's like hard in like a minute to like. Yeah, you know, you have such little time with it to get used. The to The learning it. curve is like yeah, it's ridiculous. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. insane, but. Um, interesting and still a game that you wouldn't see if you didn't no, have an yes, indicator here correct. it's just i love this section of e3 yeah. it's also hilarious to just watch all right yeah, so like we have our next guest here from speaking simulator would you care to introduce yourselves to the unranked podcast yes um so i'm jed dawson i'm from brisbane australia and i'm the co-founder and game designer half artist marketing of uh speaking simulator you do a lot I do a lot. <laughs> There's two people on our team. It's almost so. like you're playing the game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Basically. Yeah, pretty it much. Is, it is a lot. Uh, so this game, I think, is, in, it, it is inspired by kind of a progression of games, starting with something like Quop. Um, yeah. What are you looking at with your game that um, is, obviously, it's the speaking simulator, but how is it unique in terms of gameplay to 
uh, other similar experiences. I mean, I don't think you can compare it to anything else. Sure. Like it, yeah. it was, and that was part of the challenge in actually developing yeah. it. The uh, the base pitch was it's quap for speaking, right? Um, but it's it's kind of most similar to like Guitar Hero. It kind of like guides you into how oh, I didn't consider that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The text is kind of like the music, mm-hmm. and I'm hitting the notes, yep. but I'm fucking up a yeah. lot. Yeah. <laughs> actually, we, we did a poor job here. Could you just uh, in like like what's your 30 second explanation of what oh, the game yeah, is? Yeah, of course, of course. <laughs> so, um, Speaking Simulator is about a robot who's trying to like infiltrate human society just by having conversations with humans. So it's like a different take on on on, on Skynet. Um, <laughs> yeah. So you have to actually uh, move the mouth and tongue into the right positions to make bits of your words come out. So it's kind of like linguistics. Uh, it actually does line up to like how your mouth needs to be to make oh, sounds wow. happen. So did you like study? That. Did you like study uh, way too much? I would. Yeah. I would assume that it would be yeah. yeah to know where the tongue hits for each. Yeah, we each, uh, we did so much research. We threw so much of it out um, because like the mouth is like such a complicated organ yeah. for how we make words. Like. There's three buttons in the mouth that you have to press with your tongue, so it's kind of like a physics game, like using your physics tongue to press the physics buttons. Yeah. You guys know, you've played. It's yeah. really difficult. Yeah. It's really hard. Yeah. <laughs> now, but now that I, I just thought of something, do you have different accents in the game? Like, oh. Is there different, or is that common, or you know what I mean? Because it's different. I guess it would be different depending on what, I mean, you don't know. Yeah. yeah so. I mean, it, the robot, I think the accent is robot. Yeah, <laughs> okay. that's fair. Like, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. The voice is like pretty, like, uh, digitized. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, but if you strip that back, it would be a very Australian accent. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I didn't pick the woman, so there are two different mm. voices. I picked the dude because yeah, it lets you. There was what was it in the like character selection screen? It said pick your bits, right? Is that specified what specified junk? Specified junk. junk. Yeah. Specified junk. Nice. I was like, what does that yeah. mean? And then I clicked it, and I was like, oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that uh, that switches between male and female. Um, seems it seemed to be the right choice for a robot. You know, junk. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely, yeah. it's pretty funny. Do you play it? Are you like a master of this game? Or uh, yeah, I, I mean, I'm pretty uh, good. Yeah, you know, I've I've played it a lot. Uh, <laughs> the final level, I, I I get past like 20% of the time. Like it's it's pretty difficult. The final level, I don't know if I told you, but like you're giving the State of the Union address. <laughs> oh, yeah. how many uh, levels are there currently in the game? Or uh, there's there's ten. Okay. So ten conversations, cool. um, and as you progress, uh, you unlock all of these social technologies. So you have to like manage your eye contact, not too much, not too little. Um, you have to manage your eyebrows, um, and you have to like manage smiling and frowning. Yeah. Um, in terms of like research that you guys did to actually figure out how the mouth movements work and how to translate that to gameplay, yep. uh, what was that process like, and how long until you actually like had a grasp on? Oh, that, man. Unless you're a linguist yourself and you knew from the get-go. No. <laughs> uh, definitely a lot of Googling was happening. Okay. Um, yeah, w- I mean, we did a lot of research into like what shapes your mouth needs to be, how the tongue works. And then we realized that it was just like incredibly specific and so specific that it would be not a fun game. Of course. Yeah. Um, so we had to throw a lot of it out and simplify it. So, I mean, a good example is like your D and your T, right? Yes. If you think about how your tongue's working, it's really the same spot that your tongue's at in your mouth, you know? Yeah, yeah. But it's just like a really... D, T, yeah. T, 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 T,
oftentimes we'll be at like at our desk, like just mouths stretching, tongue oh, out, no. like staring at our screens. It's it's a disturbing it's a disturbing yeah. place. It's very funny. The game. Mm. Uh, yeah. I was telling him the first thing it made me think of wasn't Surgeon Simulator or Quop. It was the beginning, the opening menu of Super Mario 64. Oh, when you yeah, could grab yeah, yeah. his face yeah. and distort it. And I yeah. thought that because I was watching someone else play. And I don't know what he was doing, but like that guy's lip just kept flying up like his face. <laughs> he was doing something crazy with his mouth. And I was like, oh, it's kind of like you're grabbing their face and you're just like distorting it and yep. tearing it around. It's amazing. Um, I really want to see like some high-level... <sighs> Me speaking too. simulator gameplay yeah. uh i don't know if later if you have a minute to jump on i kind of if you, i want to see i want to see like the second you ask that question uh, like oh i want to see a pro do this yeah i want to see someone who's played the game more than you know like the 10 Good 15 ones. minute yeah, demo yeah, yeah. Totally. i want to see what that looks like that Can would people be get this now i forgot uh so you can wishlist us on steam okay um and we have like a small demo that we're giving out uh but that's about it okay um Cool. Yeah, it's coming out later this year, hopefully. Is there anything else you'd like yeah. to share? Uh, I think that's about it. Okay, yeah, so can... they can find you on Steam. Where can yeah. they find you if people want to uh, follow you? have a Twitter, social? Yeah, so, so I'm Jed, please. Jed underscore PLZ. Uh, and, I mean, you can find us. That's Z for any Z, American yes. listeners. Sorry, yes, my apologies. <laughs> no, you're good. He says it all the time. Down under. Sorry. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, I mean, you can find me also through our speaking sim twitter which is just speaking sim great yeah awesome awesome thank you so much for coming and talking about it we love the game cheers have a good rest of the show hard as hell though yeah (laughs) Yeah, it's very hard yeah but so is speaking right it is (laughs) i fumble my words all the time yeah (laughs) thank you so much be careful with the thing (laughs) uh (laughs) you go you guys go ahead and vamp for a little bit i'm gonna get us one last guest before sega comes in i love it okay fantastic um all right so blinks are these little hex hex a goner hexagon. See, speaking, can't do it. Yeah, you're thinking about it too much. about it too much. Hexagon pieces that have a game on it and also can learn a game. Uh, basically, the front, the top of it is colored with lights, right? And there's, I guess, the game is basically just light based. It's just what you know, blinking lights, solid lights, moving lights, and if you connect a hexagon piece to another hexagon piece the game on one of those can be learned by the other one and you can keep expanding how many hexagon pieces you put together and once you put you know a certain number together um you can play a game like whack-a-mole so you've got 10 hexagon pieces you play whack-a-mole they all learn the game and then you know the color on the t- on the top of the hexagon piece changes and you you know you got to tap it to get rid of it kind of like you're pushing you're whacking a mole back into its hole um, there's another one that's kind of a racing game where the hexagon pieces are stacked and you're taking hexagon pieces from the bottom to the top to make the track so the car doesn't crash. And there's another one um, where each hexagon piece is kind of a zombie with uh, health points. And if you know your team is split between you know you and the other player, hexagon pieces are red and purple, I think, or green and purple. And then if I put my hexagon piece next to another one, it'll suck, I don't know, maybe 10 seconds of life away. You have 60 seconds of life before you're dead. And last man standing wins. I don't think I'm doing it justice. I feel like you really need to see it. So I would say look up Blinks. We also talked about it on the day one. We did, but yeah. I feel like it's still something yeah, that's you... very hard to visualize by me telling you, especially since I'm not a good speaker. So, <laughs> as we all know. Yeah. Uh, we're going to pause it. 
so back to Microsoft. Um, I played Gears 5. I played the new escape mode. You are escaping a base from the, the monsters in Gears. And um, there is a virus kind of spreading through it. So you need to, you're being pushed to kind of complete it as quickly as you possibly can. Um, the game mode is actually kind of fun. And, uh, oh, here we go. We got Blinks. So we do have the Blinks guy. We got the Blinks. Oh, he's going to be able to explain it way better than this we is, can. I tried to explain this. You're way better at it than me. We were like, you need to see it. Oh, you brought the physical Oh, my thing. God. Fantastic. Yes. This is what we needed. Awesome. It's they, they travel everywhere with me. I'm really glad you made that joke because the first thing I was going to say was, you what? know, I didn't get to go hands-on. But Tom tried explaining this to me at an after party. Yeah. Did not do a great job. So now no, I have to have the guy it's, here. It's, yeah. <laughs> I, I feel like you need to see it. And also, I'm not good at explaining things. No, you're not. It's a good I thing you're on a podcast. very bad. I know. It is a good thing right? I'm on a podcast. It's I'm, great that you're I've on a been, podcast. People have told me I'm bad at explaining things. <laughs> um, I'm Christian. This is Alex. And that's Tom. Awesome. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you, and too. you are? John Bobro. Uh, I guess CEO and founder of Move38. And uh, you're here with... <laughs> Blinks. I'm here with Blinks. Ooh, we have you have a physical box and everything. So this is available. So this is shipping later this summer. All right. We kickstarted this last year. Awesome! Congratulations. Uh, thank you so much. We had over 1,100 backers. That's uh, amazing. Yeah, over 15 percent of them said they wanted to make games for the platform. Oh wow, that's really cool. So last summer, we shipped 150 developer kits. Nice. And the community's now making their own games for our smart tabletop game platform. Cool. Awesome. Very cool. I'm going to let these two guys talk to you because I didn't get to go hands-on. They're going to have better questions than I will. Okay. So first, I want to know what was the inspiration or how you even came up with the idea to do this? Because I feel like I don't know how many... I could probably be alive my entire life without ever thinking to do this. Yeah, so uh, I'm a maker at heart. I like yeah. making things. Yeah. And uh, I have to say, like, when this was a seed of an idea, I wasn't like, oh, change tabletop gaming right. and merge video gaming and tabletop. Like, it didn't start there. It started from me being curious about uh, something called a cellular automata, which is uh, basically... Don't know what that is. <laughs> it's, it's a... Uh, simple rule set on a grid where things uh the neighbors respond to each other okay it's just kind of a, a math puzzle yeah uh i thought what if that were physical it looked really cool you get to see how one thing responds to the other and get these really beautiful emergent behaviors yeah so i was in a class called how to make almost anything okay where you learn how to make almost anything how to make almost anything yeah and uh in that class during a one-week assignment uh, the assignment was about communication. I thought I'd prototype this thing yeah. that would communicate with its neighbors. Yeah. Uh, fast forward another year, uh, I build these game pieces for my thesis project. Uh, these uh, turned into blinks, and uh, the idea of each blink knowing a single game and being able to work like a Nintendo cartridge to teach all your other game pieces, how to play a game, yeah, uh, just kind of evolved. And uh, that was because I think uh, a lot of those decisions were like, I'm tired of staring at my screens. I don't need to pull out my cell phone to play them. I can just break out a box like I play a board game. Yeah, right. And Not play. even a board This is le even less stuff than a board yeah. game. You could just pull, like, oh, I'm sitting on a bench. <laughs> I, I, thi I, I think this, uh, the reason I really love this is I think it hits... Uh, 
I think it hits so many things, right? It's a board game, but it's kind of got this collectible physicality. There is a little bit of a collectibleness. Or like trading cards or something like that. And it's a digital game. And then also on top of that, the games, like when you talked about Speed Racer and the way it works, so on this hexagon here, this this nose Speed Racer, um, and the way that it works is there's a dot that's moving across the top of the hexagons, and you've got to basically, you're building the track. Yep. Um, I like to think of it like that Wallace and Gromit gif, where he's like, yes, on the he's train. building yeah, the, yeah, 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 yeah exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Um, and so I think it's a really intuitive way to like look at like a more traditional game and think of like how can you completely change this and make it work for something like this. Mm-hmm. Um, now, so that this box comes with six blinks, no six games. At launch, you said there's going to be twelve games. Is there a limit to how many blinks you could actually use in a single game? So there's no theoretical limit. Right. Uh, today at E3, we got a whole bunch of samples from our manufacturer just so we could show things like that forest fire demo out there. Yeah. And that's running on, I don't know, around 100 blinks. So you could get like 80 of your friends together, put your kits together, and build some really massive, crazy games and terrain. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's the other thing about it, too. It's like, you know, what games do your, does your friend have? You know, bring Speed Racer. I got Forest Fire. Like, all of, like the collectible aspect, too, is really intriguing. Uh, for me growing up... Oh, no, 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 please. I was going to say, for me growing up, one of the coolest things... I So, like, my brother and sister love Zelda. And I thought Zelda was pretty cool. But I, like, kind of lost myself in, I don't know, like, Kung Fu or really simple games. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, like... Oh, man, that game uh, was so hard. Wasn't it? Oh. <laughs> All those flying knives and, like, you know, I kind of relied on, like, low punch. That was, like, the secret weapon. Yeah, yeah. I never figured that out. I think I would just <laughs> die in the first level over and over again. <laughs> so, like, yeah, I mean, I'm a sucker for those old Nintendo games and, like, something you can pick up quickly but then, like, master over time. And, uh... But yeah, like the Zelda cartridge, the coolest thing for me about it was that it was shiny gold. <laughs> I was just like, I love this game because of this gold shiny cartridge. Yeah. And so when we started to make blinks and put like the game art on the bottom of them, one of the game pe- game arts for mortals is actually when I was in the vet uh, having, uh, yeah, having our dog checked out, uh, I met a graffiti artist who does this beautiful artwork and I was like, any chance you'd be up for doing some game art for one of our games? Mm. I really like it. Yeah, <laughs> the game art on the back of these is awesome. So, I, and I think also like I love that. I mean, how many games do you have right now? So you've got twelve launch titles. Okay, and they're all different types of gameplay. So one's fast paced, another's yeah. really slow and thoughtful. But um, you also have these ones that are just learnable. Yeah, we call them blanks. Okay. Okay. Yeah, right. Blank that blanks. was one of the questions that I yeah. I, I have. And so blanks are available. Uh, we've offered, we're giving kind of first dibs to our dev community for the blanks. Yeah. And I love the thought of like there being sort of a, you know, like an underground market of like, oh man, did you play that game? Like, no, I've never seen it before. Yeah. You have to have the physical one. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. That's exactly what I was going to ask. I want to know, are they programmable? So question, how do you charge them? Yeah. So they run on coin cell batteries, like a watch. Oh, okay. okay. And you get 50 hours of gameplay. Oh, okay, great. And then you pop the coin cell out and replace it. Cool. How do you turn them off? Or they just only turn on when they're in use? So blinks never turn off. They do go to sleep. Got it. Uh, After 10 minutes, they go to sleep. Or you can hold it down. So I'll show you how that looks. Uh, That's waking them up. If I hold one down for six seconds, 
you can remember six because they're six-sided. It goes to sleep, and it sends all of its neighbors to sleep. Amazing. Oh, that's good. So you don't have to, like, turn 100 off. All right. Nope. And then you just press one, and it wakes them all up. How it, long in standby? How long in standby? My tech lead tells me up to, like, two years in your drawer. Okay. <laughs> so it's I like think we're going to be pretty good. Almost. Yeah, that's it's pretty good. crazy. There's we're, no um, theoretical limit. <laughs> we're using microamps. I, I do want to say, I so I love your sushi roll case, the way it rolls out and opens. It kind of reminds me of, like, an iPad mm-hmm. cover. Yeah. Uh, uh-huh. That's really cool and really nice. So you're pressing down on them. Is it pressure sensitive or just touch sensitive? It's a mechanical switch. I okay. wanted you to have that click feeling. Okay. Yeah. Um, the reason I asked was seeing you do that, it almost looks like the kind of thing someone, some mad scientist get their hand on and turn it into like a MIDI controller, you know? Uh, uh-huh. Which I bet there someone will figure out how to do yeah. once they get their hands on this. If you are a developer, they have a serial out. You can connect it to a computer. Um, and there's a handful of other ways I'd happily tip you off on how to make a MIDI controller out of them. What's, uh, what's your favorite game right now? Oh, man. Okay. So I'm a little biased. Uh, my favorite game is Barry. It was made by two women at the NYU Game Center. Uh, they made it in a 12-hour game jam we hosted. Really? And at the end of the game jam, they won the game jam. Yeah, nice. Uh, we just had everybody walking away from that going, holy crap, my mind is blown. It's got this beautiful balance of like trying to score points and then instant comebacks. And I love okay. games mm. that have the ability for you to come back from behind. Mm. Nintendo does a really good job of this, of like adding rubber banding to their yeah. games and like kind of make it close. Right. Barry has that built in, and uh, I'm a sucker for those. But you know, Bomb Brigade, I break out at the bar and can play with ten people, and That's everybody's the other thing. cheering. You just, you just, you just break it out. Yeah, you just break it out, I'm not, baby. I'm not carrying a board game. Or yeah, something. yeah. That's awesome. Um, two things. Uh, I like the idea also of like maybe in the future like a speaker or something. Uh, uh-huh. So they're making sounds. <laughs> I like to call that one a blink bloop. I love uh, it. Blink bloop. Does that exist yet, or is that in development? Uh. In development, cool. uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. yeah. So, <laughs> and then, um, yeah, and then, uh, and then, um, are you making programs from the games yourself? You said you were partnering with other people as well. Yeah, so eight of our launch titles were developed in house. Mm-hmm. Four of them came from the community. Uh, we've got you know those hundred fifty dev kits out there and a developer forum. Uh, we like to work on the games with our developers just to help kind of, you know, let them know what works well. I kind of tell people to avoid things that treat them like a large touchscreen because they're not, you know, like Flick Flop is a game where you slide them across the table and you try oh, to attach it magnetically and it's like shit. a... <laughs> I just like that. I feel like the game can change based on how many you have too. 100%. I think it's awesome. 100%. Yeah. I feel really like cool. you're going to see people who have their own, like, custom games or, like, you know, TCGs, things like that, find ways to utilize these for, like, score tracking. And, like, people are just going to adapt this to things that also exist. They're so awesome. They're very cool. Anything that, like, physically, it's just, like, fun to click. It locks in. It's magnetic. You've got, like, everything on there. Yeah, Thanks I agree. so much. Yeah, I I'm psyched to see some people incorporate, like, cards and other board game aspects. Yeah. Uh I yeah. feel like you've got a lot of opportunity this, potential this, with this. You know what this feels like? There what? was, it was maybe almost like 10 years ago now. It was, it was actually a long time ago, like maybe early 2010s. There were these little cubes that had screens on them, and they were like black and white. Yep. This reminds me of that, except a much, uh, like, a far more refined idea, because that was like really limited. It was all about the screen, and there were these big, thick things, and they were expensive. 
Yep. These are more intuitive and you can do more with it, even though there's no display, really. So one of the goals of having no display was, number one, uh, you know, I spend enough time staring at displays. Right. Number, <laughs> That's fair. Number True. two, uh, they're really easy to program for. You don't need to be working on graphics. Mm-hmm. You just say set color red when you want them to glow red. Right. So it allows us to prototype and build games at 12-hour game jams right. and walk away. Amazing. And it doesn't need to be It doesn't need to be this like big, flashy thing to have fun. This is like amazing. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, I, I agree with uh, Tuna. I think that the fact that they are kind of nondescript, that these just white little hexagons, and that they've got like the art, but they're like... Yeah, yeah not flashy. Good shit. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, one of my favorite things I've seen is the entire Again, E3. that's why I love IndieCade. Love IndieCade. Uh, I like how this week's E3 episode is just turning into IndieCade, basically. Yeah, it's more fun. <laughs> yeah. I can play more games over here. I mean, I've been talking about how fun you came with me to the IndieCade out here in LA in October, and I'm very excited to come back again this year because it's so good. Yeah. Um, any last things you want to say where people can find you and blinks yeah we're running a special for e3 you can get them at getblinks.com. uh most people are buying the expansion set you get our 12 launch title games and you get 12 blinks it's pretty awesome awesome uh yeah definitely check them out uh do you have a twitter we have a twitter at move 38 inc okay and okay. uh yeah Cool. Great. Thank you so much. Thank you so much really for coming on. It. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Awesome. Thanks so I much. I love playing it. Thanks so yeah. much. I'm going to come check it out after. Appreciate awesome. It. I hope that was okay. No, that was, that was great. That was great. <laughs> no, you're we're, great. We're really happy because you, I, you can't explain it. You have thing. to see it. I'm the worst. Okay, record. Do you want these headphones here? Yep. Okay. <laughs> All right. Is that a, a plumpus? What's a plumpus? Thank you. I'm, I've watched that show, but I just don't remember what it was. There you go. Oh, it's, it's like an this. alien uh, toy. I, actually, no one really knows what it does. No. That's oh, the okay. whole no, joke. There's yeah. a whole thing where like, they have the, how the, the making of. And he's like, yeah. oh, I wondered how plumbuses were made. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Newest season? Maybe I just missed it. Mm. No, no. First oh, okay. season, I think. I yeah, think right. that was an OG season. Well, it, is, it is an OG season. Screw me, I guess. Uh, <laughs> we're here with Damien Hello. from Sega. You are a localization producer working on the Sega Genesis Mini. That is correct. Yes. Thank you for having me. Welcome to the Unranked Podcast. Yeah, it's great to, ha- great to have you here. Seriously. It's my pleasure. Yeah, your Mini looks... Uh, it's called the Sega Genesis Mini, right? That is correct. Yes. Cool. Well, here in the States. Here I've been corrected States. numerous times by uh, some of our European fans and uh, media. Where of course, it is the Mega Drive. It's actually Mega Drive everywhere else in the world, uh, but right, in the US. I kind of like, actually, I don't know. Mega Drive's also cool. It's also very 90s. The Mega Drive. <laughs> Mega Drive, yes. Uh, so you're part of the localization, so you're part of bringing it here to uh, the U.S. Um, do you know how long this project had been in development? I am not certain exactly when the project started development. Uh, I came on after things had been uh, had progressed a bit to work on the localization side of things, getting the UI updated to various languages, um, streamlining that, uh, updating all the game description text things like that so i couldn't speak to exactly when the development started but it's been quite a while m2 who does the development um i think a lot of people will know them uh, they're legends in the industry as far as the quality of their retro ports yeah it looks uh, great so uh they're you know they take their time and they want to make sure they get it right so it, it's definitely been a while that they've been in the lab cooking this up for us so i have some questions i didn't have a sega growing up i didn't I had my friend at the end of my block who had a Sega. We had yep. the Nintendo, so we would 
right. go back and forth play the games. I when this was announced, I was like, oh yeah, Sega's cool, and I didn't have it. And then when I saw all the list of the games, I was like, oh wait, I actually did play. So yeah. I just figured, yeah. since I didn't have it, that I didn't play a lot of these games. Uh-huh. I played at least half the games on the list. Fantastic. So now I'm very excited. And then I realized <laughs> there were some games I did play that weren't there. So I'm like, okay, well, we're, this has to do well, so we could get like a second one maybe <laughs> yes. or something the return. Like that. Yes. And now the return. I'm like, maybe I was a Sega kid and I, I just never had one. Yeah. I didn't oh, realize. Look at that. This is amazing. We've like awoken these these latent memories that you were in fact a Sega fan all along. <laughs> you were the big, big Sega fanboy the yes. whole time. I'm glad, I'm glad that was the yeah. case. So how, how many games are on the mini? There are 42 40 titles. Two. 42. Can uh, you, can, I was thinking about this, like, can you upload more games as we progress or? You cannot. Yeah. Okay. We'll come through package with all 42 okay. titles uh, accessible immediately. There are no plans to have any type of add-on content or um, upgrades like that. That's why gotcha. it needs to do really well yeah, so, so, so that we can get, get a second two. one. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So please support <laughs> the uh, Dreamcast <laughs> Mini now. Do it. You I'm coward. I'm surprised you made it this far into the interview without the make the Dreamcast now <laughs> coward <laughs> question. <laughs> Not even a question, demand. Uh, no. Understandable as a... <laughs> believe me, uh, I also work with M2 on the Sega Ages um, ports for the uh, Nintendo Switch. And so we absolutely listen to feedback about what type of games, what type of consoles people would like to see uh, make a return um, from Sega. And we, I, I am very well aware, I, I count myself among them, people who are big fans of the Saturn, the Dreamcast. Mm. So, uh, you know, we, we do listen and we're, we're hoping that Genesis Mini will do well. Uh, fans are very excited about it. And, of course, we always look for ways to uh, look, bring back other IPs and other uh, consoles games. There yeah. is. Sonic Spinball is not on there, right? Sonic the Hedgehog Spinball is on. Oh, it is. Oh, yes, I didn't see. It it. There's just so many. Shit. There's so many games. Game, right? oh, yes, okay. I want that. <laughs> uh, game. I, I want to play that. This was one of the. I played it when I was like eight years old. Uh-huh. But it was to me, it was one of the hardest games I've ever played. <laughs> yeah. I couldn't get past like the second, like because I hit, I got Sonic up a level. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that was it. <laughs> that, was, that was the most I've done with that. But now's your chance to have now it is. revenge. And I kind of feel like I want to get this. Yes. that alone. There's two. Maybe more than two, but two really interesting games on it that weren't, mm-hmm. you know, like the SNES had Star Fox 2, which never came out. You guys have Correct. Darius, which was never released. Correct. Yes. Right? It was originally cool. being ported, never came out. And what's the deal with Tetris? It was just very rare. It wasn't readily available. Some of the the, the deep lore on this Tetris might be lost to the mists of time. Okay. But because <laughs> um, you will tell you, you will see the occasional uh, cartridge show as a blip on the radar on eBay. Uh-huh. One of them famously was at a... Uh, Attempted to be sold at uh, the tidy sum of about $1 million, if I recall correctly. Wow. Uh, I think that was, that was like the buy it they now attempted. price. Yeah, yeah, right. now. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I think so. I can't, I don't know whatever. You got a million dollars? One of those like impulse buys, like yeah. the Snickers bar on the way it's, out of the supermarket. You're like, right. ah, what the heck? I guess right. I'll pick You'll never know if you don't ask. <laughs> sure. So, um, uh, the. The basic context for it, though, was that Sega did own the arcade rights for Tetris. But as uh, oh, fans okay. of the industry will know, uh, there was a very tumultuous time for the legality of various Tetris ports uh, back in that era. Nintendo and Tengen, of course, had their disputes. And so for whatever reason, uh, we were not able to bring that to the home console market, uh, at least for release. But it was this kind of legendary title that people knew about and talked about, you know, whispered of in certain circles. <laughs> so when M2 realized they were going to be given a little bit of leeway to start thinking of some, some of these spicy titles we could add in that really wow fans who already had a good deal of the collection, that was when it came up, and they were able to pull it off. That's really cool. That is very cool. Yeah. Do you have a favorite game on the, 40, on the 42? Oh, that is a great question. Uh, the <laughs> I, I like a 
all the games. Okay. It's like asking to choose between 42 equally talented and beautiful children. Right, right. Um, but, but I was thinking about this just the other day. Yeah. And I would answer with a question. What other game have you ever played where you can be a ninja fighting against an evil crime syndicate and in the context of a single game ride both a horse and a jet-powered surfboard? Uh I don't know this game. I don't know it. It's Sorry. Shinobi 3. Wow. Shinobi 3. Okay. Shinobi well. 3 is amazing. And I, Did one you know of the, the answer? <laughs> yes, but that's because, I mean, you're younger than us, so I get it. <laughs> we're not that old. <laughs> but we were old enough. We were of age. He was he was a bit younger <laughs> when the Genesis, yeah. like when that era was available. Yeah. So he would have missed that. He would have had to have been playing older titles for... Yeah. For him to do that. Yeah, I'm, real, I'm real old. <laughs> Whatever. He missed out on the classics, man. <laughs> well, that's, the, that's why we're putting out Stairs of Smitty. To, uh, it's an educational title, really. You know, give people yeah. a chance to learn learn about these games. And, yeah, Shinobi 3, it's this action-packed ninja game. It came out after Revenge of Shinobi, uh, which was a huge hit for the Sega Genesis, a standout title early on. And in this game, you're Joe Musashi, and you're just battling everything. You're riding a horse, throwing mm. shooting cans and guys on kites. Then you're fighting robots and, and, and the new instant. It's just all over the place. It's fantastic. That's awesome. Probably one of my favorite games in the lineup. But once I once I start moving around the cur- you know the cursor on the main screen, I just oh my god I forgot about this game. Oh boy, Toe Jam and Earl. Oh, that's right, Gunstar Heroes. Right. And so it's just it's, it's, it's so many great Toe titles Jam on there. And Earl. Yeah. Yeah. Toe Jam. Tom, do you have a, a last question for him? Yeah, I was just going to ask. Uh, yeah. Lastly, um, so with the localization, yeah, um, is that differing from like the european version of the genesis which is obviously the mega drive like yeah. is there vast differences between the one you get here versus the one you get somewhere else that's a great question uh it's kind of a two-pronged answer in terms of the ui and the game descriptions for example those are the same across all regions so uh each version will have eight languages um, Oh, awesome present you can switch through in the menu you can do it in the u.s version you can do that in the european version um to choose uh your language and the titles themselves, the lineups, though, are the, the, the title lineups are the same uh, for us and Europe. However, other regions like Japan, for example, do have some games that are diff- different in terms of uh, those that are present in the library. Cool. I have uh, a last question. What are you, what are you playing now? Uh, I've played Destiny 2 at the moment. I'm a big fan of that game. Uh, I, my spare time, I also have a big Hearthstone player. Oh, okay. I uh, got to represent uh, Irvine, where our office is. Of course, we have Blizzard down okay. there. Yeah, so, cool. um, uh, big fan of that game as well. And on the, the Sega side, I've been playing a lot of the Yakuza games, but trying to get into oh, wow. those. Um, it's a really cool series. We have a uh, Judgment uh, you know, related in some ways that we're showing here as well. Cool. So, um, yeah, I've been trying to make time, but the backlog just keeps piling yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Uh, you guys have a giant Sega Genesis mini controller we're going to try and go hands-on with today giant at some point. <laughs> they have a giant mini controller. controller. Jum- yeah, Jumbo it's a giant shrimp. controller hooked up the to the mini. <laughs> it's great. Um, we're going to try and go hands-on with that today. Is there anywhere that you suggest people check either out for if they want to continue to find you since you've been all <laughs> over the place uh, out Sega or just for Sega Genesis <laughs> mini details, whatever's more important? Um, yeah, we encourage people um, out at the... Uh, once they come into the uh, West Hall... Uh, Sega's booth is right there. On the right, you'll see the mini in the case, and you'll see the uh, paradoxically large Genesis controller right behind it. Maybe it's for the really stress how small the mini looked. 
Yeah. Uh, so you can uh, go and play on the uh, controller. I think we have Altered Beast up today. Uh, oh, you can great. get on there uh, whenever you want and get a good photo op. And right to the left of that, you'll see our station. Stop by and say hi. Again, my name is Damien. I'd be happy to answer any questions. There's a line you might have to queue up for a bit, but uh, we look forward to seeing you. Cool. Perfect. Thank uh, you. Great. Let me show you out, and then we're going to close the show. Sounds great. Cool. Thank you. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. My uh, pleasure. This has been... This has been an interesting, this has been very different. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Yes. Um, definitely make sure to go check out the video version where yes. we're showing off everything because right. uh, we recorded a video of this at a very swanky new booth. Yes. Um, How awesome was all those people? That like, was really cool. They were yeah. just like, hell yeah, I yeah. want to come on. Yeah. Talk about my game. And it's great because there are so many games yes. for us to talk about. Right. So, like, it was almost easier to be like, look, you, you yeah. made it. Right, right. You made it and we liked yeah. it. And so we it's liked like, it. It's it better, yeah, it's better, like, it's not one of the games, it's not like we're going to go get the Avengers guys and be like, no, hey, course. you want to tell us about this game that looks, like, not great? It's like, I hope you know, like, a bunch of students are outclassing you guys. You guys have the <laughs> number one franchise in the world to work with, and you're yeah. putting out uh, yeah. something that doesn't look great. Yeah. So, Well, we'll talk about that more on the, on the day two. More to come. More to come. Well, no, this, again, this is this week's episode. Oh. We've got so, we, we to be out of here in a few minutes. I understand. Okay. I just talked to security. So, uh... Thank you, guys. I hope you enjoyed day one and day two. This is our final episode of the week. This is the unranked episode for this week. I am going to ask Alex Marinello to tell people where they can find him. At Tuna Targaryen on Twitter, at Tuna Targaryen on PlayStation, and Tuna Targaryen on Xbox. There's a space between the Tuna and the Targaryen. Yeah, Alex Marinello on Xbox, or Alex Marinello is not actually Alex. Don't get that confused. Yeah. Yeah. Tom, how about you? Great Brit Tom on every single platform. Cool. And Christian. I'm at Christian underscore Humes. We are at the Unranked Podcast. I hope you enjoyed our E3 coverage this year. We're going to be back next year. I think we're going to kick more ass, take more names next year. Mm. But we still have our day three content to go we do. We do. we got to go play some uh, shit. So you'll be hearing that before you hear this. Correct. We're just doing it out of order. So we're going to go play more games. Thank you, everyone, for listening. And stay unranked. A big... E3 suck it. Suck it three times.